This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, what have we got lined up today? Some wonderful things to see? We have, and I just thought I'd say that the, the television station, which one I forget, who was doing the Thousand One Things Before You Die, don't have it on their own. Because I've had a huge Bible of a book that I bought some time ago, exactly titled that. A thousand one things you must see before you die. Well, you don't have to see them before you die, but I think include them, let's say, in your wish list of wonderful places that are out there. And the world is expanding all the time and opening up new areas for us to visit that we haven't you know, been able to access so easily before. So I just thought we'd talk about some of these wonderful places that I feel you should include. So are these places which have buildings on them, for example? Or these are natural wonders. Natural wonders. No man-made stuff here. Okay. All, all Mother Nature. And what she dishes out to us. So what's the earth got for us today? Well, I thought we'd go to the South American continent first. And they do have a wide range of the most natural wonders you would ever wish to see, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm sure so do other continents, which we will cover over a period of time. But uh, South America, I think, in particular. One of them I think you should include, which I haven't done yet. I've done lots of waterfalls, but the Angel Falls in Venezuela because they are the highest, or it is, not they, it's a single drop fall. It is the highest waterfall in the world. Oh, how high is it? It is 979 metres or 3,212 feet. That's almost a kilometre. It is huge. And it was only discovered in 1935 by an American pilot who was searching for gold in the Venezuelan rainforest. His name was Jimmy Angel. And he just chanced upon this waterfall and he thought... What he saw was a river cascading down the edge of a a plateau and then he just kept, you know, exploring, I guess, and discovered this waterfall. So a lot of these wonders, as we know, even within Australia, have only been recently discovered in the last hundred years, which I guess this is what we're saying about the world opening up with the way we travel now, helicopters, all sorts of means of transport, seaplanes. We can access areas that we've never been able to access because there were no roads or you couldn't get in by any other means. So this waterfall, whereabouts is it? It's in the Venezuela. Venezuelan rainforest, and you can now access it. Um, it's actually uh, 18 times higher than Niagara Falls, to give people an idea when we were talking height 18. before. 18. Yes, so that, that, when you think about that, that is quite remarkable. Um, and it has been accessed by people. There is a, Obviously, it flows into a river, so you actually can get in there by, by boat up the river and view the falls from the ground, or you can do a, a light plane over it. You actually would go from Caracas across to another place called Canama, and from there the tour operators would organise for you, you know, to get to there. Or there are tours, obviously, that would incorporate that if you're buying a South American, you know, package holiday before you go that would include Venezuela. So you can't drive there yourself, no. for example? No. So the, these places are quite amazing. I mean, the other place I think is amazing too, which, again, I haven't been to, but... I would love to, as the Galapagos Islands. Mm, and I mean, think turtles. <laughs> yes, I mean, the variety of life there. They say it's three to five million years old. They're just really not sure, I guess, with carbon dating, I don't know. But have, they have the most amazing variety of creatures there that are, I guess, quite prehistoric in a way, from birds, as you say, to the giant Galapagos tortoise, to the blue-footed booby, to, you know, you've got all sorts of things there. So it is quite a remarkable thing to do that. It's actually part of Ecuador, um, even though it's, you know, independent out in the ocean there as far as not being attached to Ecuador. But you would have to go there. If you can fly over there, then you do a cruise is the best way to see the Galapagos because, again, a lot of it you can only 
it's not it's, it's a clump of islands, rocky boulders. Do you know what I mean? So you see it mainly better from the water. And presumably that was cut off some time ago, and uh, the wildlife has developed. Well, in that's its own why way. because it's so isolated. I guess they couldn't get to anywhere else, so they've just stayed there. And you don't find a lot of these species anywhere else in the world. So it's again, if you're into wildlife, particularly, it's a remarkable place to go and visit and incorporate into your itineraries into South America again. The other one is, of course, where I have been is Machu Picchu. Now, again, so well known. Oh, it is, and I mean, again, it was only discovered you know, in the 20th century as well. And again, because of its accessibility. I mean, this incredible high Andean mountain range, and you'd, you'd look at it, and I, I'm still amazed every time I even look at a picture, and you think, how did they get all those stones, rocks, should I say, not stones, all cut perfectly, all mixed like a jigsaw puzzle, all fitted together with not one bit of concrete, nail, anything. Like, how did they get the material there? When you look at the mountains and the height of them, you think, how did they do it? Just an amazing place, and it just blows you away. So. And the secret, of course, of all that construction is gone. Yes, mm. yes, they disappeared. They don't even know why. They fled, just just all vanished. And left that, Remarkable. all the buildings and the, yeah. the walls. I mean, Cusco things. still shows a lot of it. A lot of Cusco is still built of, out of this wonderful, you know, hewn rock and timber, and there's old streets and buildings where so far up it's part still of that Incan uh, building and civilization, so and it's your closest large town, if you like, to Machu Picchu. So it's absolutely wonderful as well. So what are the views like from up there, oh, from, from Machu Picchu? Just mind blowing. You just feel like you're sitting on top of the world, like I'm sure you do when you're at Everest or somewhere else. Like when you're on top of these wonderful mountain ranges, it's just amazing, amazing. Very ethereal, very beautiful. You know, awesome. Lots just, of valleys right down there. Oh, yeah. And even the bus trip up from Aguas Calientes, where you can, if you're coming up from there, which is the nearest little town, you, you look, you think, oh my God, this road is so narrow. <laughs> <laughs> the other place you could do, which is totally different, is to, down on the flats, if you like, is Lake Titicaca, where they have those the wonderful. Flats, it's generally well, known for its altitude, too, isn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> but I mean, it's not up on a peak, is what I sort of was meaning, as in a flat area. But, you know, it's the wonderful place where you have all the reed islands that are ma- they are man-made but I mean these people live on these math- masses of reeds and make everything out of reeds I mean they're just so resourceful and people in these areas have been like that for, for years and years and years just wonderfully resourceful with whatever they've got around them to use which I think is a fantastic thing to experience. The other one and I don't know whether you've been here Jane or not the Torres del Paine National Park. Oh, marvellous place. Yes it, which again is in Chile of course and that is the most fantastic national park again. Um, you've got the Paine Massive which is a a medium-high block of granite mountains that were formed about 12 million years ago. So, again, you're in a very old area and, of course, you're on the edge of the um, southern Patagonian ice sheet and, again, wonderful bird life, waterfalls, rivers, just just fantastic vultures, if you're lucky enough to see the big vultures, etc. So, And down that bottom part of the world, of course, you can't not help but say, if you're down that far south, shout yourself a trip down to the Antarctic Peninsula. That should be on everyone's wish list if they can afford to do it. And we know with melting ice caps and everything, you know, if you, if you really have it on your list, do it sooner rather than later. And that's uh, what's it like going from the bottom of South America as compared with going from Australia? Well, I mean, it's from Australia, you're going down to the Antarctic. I guess we read more about the, the difficult Antarctic, the, the, the blizzards, the, you know, where Mawson's hut and all that is. And that's a very long voyage. By sea, of course, which is can be quite rough. So by going across to South America, you've got a shorter passage on the 
Drake Passage, which is only less than two days, about 36 hours or so, depending on your weather conditions, and you're there. And then you're just in calm waters. Um, and, I mean, also you're getting the opportunity to visit South America, of course, as well. So by doing the vessel out of Ushuaia, you know, it's a wonderful thing to do. So that's South America. I mean, there's lots more. The Perito Marina Glacier, which is in Argentina, that is one of the most fabulous. They, they reckon you can hear it cracking hundreds of you miles can. away. And it's got a face about six kilometres oh, long. Yes, and, and the river, of course, it, it, it keeps moving together. It forces water upstream. They can get a 120-foot rise in the river. Then it eventually causes the ice, the force of the water, and that's when you hear this cracking. So, I mean, that is an amazing thing to see when that's happening as well. So, yeah, look, South America, Iguazu Falls, don't forget that as well. Must add that one in. That's fantastic. I've never seen such a huge amount of water in my life. And that's on the border of Brazil and Argentina. So there you go, lots to do in South America. South America, we're talking travel. Gosh, and isn't it great? To NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. And Sally Lucas, we're now moving to our own country, Australia, and and things we must see. Yes, and why not? We have a beautiful country that we should be extremely proud of. And even though I'm saying go overseas, I think we should still visit our own country as well. A little bit of both. Um, Just having come back from Lord Howe, I can't help but mention that that is definitely one of the natural wonders of our little country that you should include. And Ball's Pyramid, it's a wonderful place. It, It was volcanic, of course, as people may know or may not know, and they call it an outstanding example of an oceanic island of volcanic origin. And it actually is belongs to a string of volcanic pinnacles which sit atop a submarine ridge running from the, the northern island of New Zealand. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? We always knew we were almost attached, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> There's proof now. Um, and, of course, Ball's Pyramid is one of those, um, which is just off volcanic from Lord Howe. Yes, mm-hmm. which is amazing, and it's a very huge pinnacle that just comes, you know, huge rock that comes up out of the ocean. And it was only climbed for the first time in 1965. And then I think Dick Smith only did it in 2005. So it's quite a remarkable thing to try and climb. I wouldn't want to, I can assure you. But yes, Lord Howe, beautiful, wonderful crescent-shaped island, two beautiful mountains on it called Lidgebird and Gower, Mount Lidgebird, Mount Gower, um, which you can climb, of course, um, with, with a guide, as that is done with. 2,871 feet is Gower, 2,549 is Lidgebird. So they're not, you know, pimples. They're still decent-sized volcanic mountains and, and quite difficult to climb. That's part of New South Wales, of course. And then if we move up to Queensland, of course, our Great Barrier Reef. Now, we must try and protect that as much as we can. But having said that, uh, we've been talking to people lately, they are, our Barrier Reef is actually protected better than most reefs anywhere else in the world. We are more stringent. Um, A lot of other reefs get trampled on, the coral gets ruined, you know. So we exercise more care with our reef, which is a nice thing to know. And when we can't do a lot about global warming, I mean, I guess we can in our emissions and so on, but, I mean, that will happen anyway, and the coral will leach and lose its colour with global warming as the water gets warmer. Again, I think you've just got to go and see the barrier reef and, again, do a flight. I always say anything that's got as a massive thing to see you can't get the enormity of it just at ground level sometimes you really should do a flight over and then you just look down and you can just see this reef stretching and you can see even turtles in the water from up there it's amazing what you can see because the water's so clear so another wonderful part of the world and also whilst you're up there of course you've got our wonderful dane tree you know the the rainforest up there in the cape Tri- tribulation where a rainforest meets the sea i mean it's remarkable the oldest cycads in the world have been found there, which proves how ancient our country is. And what are cycads? Remind They're the again. palm. 
Yes, the oldest palm you can find in the world is there. Um, so that's wonderful. Again, Fraser Island, that wonderful sand island, which is unique to Australia, with, you know, lakes in it above the, the sea level. So that's quite amazing. Heron Island, which is a coral cay, which is famous for its turtles. Wonderful things you can do in Queensland. Then moving across to um, Central Australia, of course, Uluru, Ayers Rock. I mean, that monolith. rock. Oh, mm. a huge rock. But not a volcanic one? No, no. It was originally underwater, all that area. It was hard to believe. Um, the Olgas, which are just adjacent and not far from it. And then you've got Mount Connor to the left, which is like a mesa, which is, they're all so different. Um, but they're all part of, of a mountain chain once upon a time, many millions of years ago. Kakadu, again, you need, I believe, to do a flight over Kakadu because to get the, the view of that escarpment and, and the, the wide expanse of Kakadu and what it has to offer in both dry and wet seasons, it's just fantastic to see it at both different times of the year. Um, Litchfield National Park, which, of course, also is in the Northern Territory, is a wonderful national park full of water holes and ancient um, what they call stone forests and just, just wonderful wonderful things to see. Catherine Gorge, of course, as well. Then you can move across to Western Australia. And of course, you know, the Bungle Bungles were only discovered last century as well. You know, and you've got Kimberley and all that wonderful area there to see, which is just getting more accessible day by day now, which is wonderful. Uh, the Ningaloo Reef, which is where the famous whale shark, that gentle big giant where you can go and swim with a whale shark, you know, off, off Exmouth. So it's, it's just, we've got some remarkable things to see here. And, you know, Cradle Mountain, Lake St. Clair in Tassie. I mean, we could go on. Again, we ran out of time. You know, the Warren Bungles near Coonabarabra and the Blue Mountains. We've got some delightful parts of the country here to go and visit. So just get out there and do stuff. Don't sit at home and be a lounge lizard. Things we have to see. Absolutely. must see things. Absolutely. Talking travel, coming back again next week, next Friday, after the 1 o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. On 2NURFM 103.7.